Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. And uh, boy, he has a lot to say. <laughs> um, he is the epitome of saying very little to say a great deal. He just, every sentence, every line has just volumes of, of just information and wisdom. And the reason why it's taking us so long to get through it. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, it's, somebody once said to me, it's better to learn a little bit really well than have a whole lot of nothing. Amen. And, you know, this isn't about something you know in your head. This is about changes you make in your life. That's the reason why we take it slow, and I know that quick changes are not a good thing. I know it is those changes that we take time to mull over and think over, and you know, it's like a gigantic ship that needs to make corrections, and when you turn the rudder, it takes a little while for the thing to actually turn, you know, and so I believe that's the way our life is. And we receive the Word of God, and over time, it will slowly change. And just in the same way that, you know, the enemy does the exact same thing to get you off track. It's always a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit, and suddenly you're way off. And in the same way, God's Word, just a little bit, and a little bit, and suddenly you're right in the center of God's will. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's begin in James chapter 1. I want to start reading in verse 19. We're going to progress on to verse 20. Let's see. Anyway, <laughs> it's, let's read. He says here, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. And this is the ladies too. Swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. We've, we've covered the first two of those things. That we need to be quick to hear, quick to listen. We need to be slow to speak. Amen? You know, we just want to give our opinion straight away. We want to say what we want to say. Some days, we, you know, regardless of what anybody else says, we've got to finish our sentence. Have you noticed? <laughs> okay. And, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> talked about that last week. But I want you to also notice he goes and says, slow to wrath. This is talking about anger. And he says in verse 20, he says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So that's, that is something very significant, and we're going to be looking at that today. I left you in Proverbs 21 and verse 23 last time. So let's just pick up there. <clears throat> I want to actually start with something that... Uh, Simon J. Kissimaka said, and let's, let's start there. He says, careless words often accompany an angry mood. Careless words often accompany an angry mood. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so much of the time, and we have to be so careful, family, especially when we have to say something, maybe that's the time you need to shut up. <laughs> okay, you know, I have learned that those things that we have to say, usually we don't need to, and sometimes we regret later on. I want to say most of the time, I'll just say sometimes and be kind. 
Okay? <laughs> I don't know what it is. If you know, it seems to be that when the devil is pushing, you want to say what you want to say. I've always noticed that, you know, somebody said this to me a long time ago, God leads, the devil pushes. And can I apply it to this situation? You know, when you're led to say something, why is it then we're led to say something? We kind of want three different signs and a burning bush. And, and usually it's something good. It's not generally speaking. If it's something not good, pray over it some more, okay? Look for the burning bush. But if it is something good and encouraging, why is it so difficult for us to say something? Of course, when we're mad and we want to say something to put somebody down, oh, we're in a huge hurry. We just can't wait to get that out of our mouth, <laughs> okay? And that's what I mean by, you know, God leads, the devil pushes. Be careful what he pushes you to do. Because, you know, the reason he pushes is you might come to your senses. <laughs> you, might, you might just think, maybe this isn't a smart thing. And can I just say this, you know, while I'm at it? <laughs> yes, I'm meddling. All right. <laughs> be careful that you don't hurt the people that are closest to you just because they happen to be in your vicinity. Don't let the enemy do that. I have learned just to shut up. I just think, you know what? Whatever it is, be quiet. If it's not encouraging, don't say it. You know, if it's a rebuke and if it is something that you need to say to someone to help them to grow, please speak the truth in love and make sure you pray over it and make sure you measure your words and we'll talk about that more in a moment. All right, let's get back to this. <laughs> So again, he says, careless words often accompany an angry mood. James pleads for restraint. He wants us to be wise in our speaking. Especially since Proverbs 21, 23 says again, Whoever guards his mouth and, uh, and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. You know, it's very interesting he says keeps his soul from trouble. Notice he says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue. You need to watch out. What comes out of that mouth? What that tongue wags and says? <laughs> I want you to notice that he says it keeps his soul from trouble. You know, we, we have so much that because of the careless way sometimes we say things, it causes us grief in our soul. Do you know why? Because we suddenly realize that's not a good thing. We, you know, have you ever said something? You know, there's this irony. Oh, I don't know whether you call it an irony. Something else. All right. But whatever it is, it's so weird that, you know, those times that you wish that you knew to say the right thing just when somebody said something bad to you and you had this retort and you, you know, finally it came out of your mouth. You got them. You sunk their ship right then and there. And you're pleased for the moment, but later on there's regret. It's a temporary victory. And all those other times that you kept your, you know, just didn't say anything. And read, and then the devil says, you know, you should have said something. And you, you, know, you sort of had this regret later on, but it's not a godly regret. And you need to remember those times when you did say something and you did regret it. Because it wasn't the right thing to do. And I have learned to put those two things together now. I always think, you know what? 
<laughs> even though I may have something to say, it's better I don't say it. And I will not be mad with myself later on that I didn't say it straight away. Because what would, what would happen is I would probably regret that I said something. Are you, are you seeing this? It's, it's okay. All right. And that's why Proverbs says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. The Living Translation puts it this way. It's <laughs> this is its, oh, its version I'm not saying. Okay. It says, if you keep your mouth shut, you will stay out of trouble. <laughs> okay, that's just as plain as it gets. Some days we just need to hush. Amen? That's what one of the translations of Proverbs 18.21 actually says, when it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Listen, and those who love to talk will have to eat their own words. You know, be careful that, that you're not saying things that, again, you don't regret. Amen? In fact, in Proverbs 29 and verse 20, in the Living Translation, it says there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. I think that's incredible. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Do you know, <laughs> you might say, well, how do you speak without thinking? You speak from your emotions. Do you understand? Don't let your emotions rule what you say. Unless it's love. Go for it. <laughs> okay? If it's loving, then just go. Just, just go at it. You'll never regret anything you say in love. But if it is anger, remember James is talking about anger. If it is coming out from something other than love, just don't say it. Yeah, but you know, I want to say something. It is better to measure it and pray over it and get the right thing to say at the right time in the right spirit... Did you hear what I said? Then to just blurt something out and let the devil have his way with you. I let that sink in. All right. Returning to James 1.19, notice how James ends verse 19 by saying, Let every man be slow to speak and slow to wrath. Slow to speak. And slow to wrath. I know this is usually more a problem with the men. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? The anger side. I'm not picking on anybody. Well, I'm picking on me. You know, because this, this was a thing with me. I used to get so mad. I mean, so mad. About so many things. And God one day said to me, you want to die young? I said, no, not particularly. <laughs> he said, stop it. <laughs> because it's not God. It's outside of love. And it destroys you. Do you hear me? It literally destroys you. you your system wasn't wired for anger. D did you hear what I said? It short circuits all over the place. And it causes you grief. Medically. As well, as well as in other areas, okay? <clears throat> in his commentary, Douglas J. Moore writes, uncontrolled anger. Did you, see, did you hear the first word? It wasn't just anger, it's uncontrolled. Okay? Uncontrolled anger leads to uncontrolled speech. Well, I mean, just that. If you just take that, that's enough. <laughs> okay? But please, understand something. 
That's the reason why I'm talking about being, you know, self-control. Part two, okay? <laughs> okay? Control your anger, control your speech, okay? He says uncontrolled anger leads to uncontrolled speech. How often do we find ourselves regretting words spoken in the heat of the moment? The wise person, James reminds us, will therefore learn to control the emotion of anger and so eliminate one of the most common sources of hasty and unwise speech. Let me stop there for a minute. He says here again, the wise person learns. It is not something that, that, something that comes naturally. Did you hear what I said? Okay, you've got to learn this. You got a, you got, you're going to need counsel from God. You're going to need prayer where you spend time with God and God begins to speak to you. And you begin to, you know, one of the things that I found was in my time of prayer, if I wasn't just having a session with myself, you know, some people pray and they, all they have is a session with themselves. There's, God's not involved at all. all right, I'm talking about you listening to God. All right, we're talking about prayer right now in, uh, in uh, Bible college, and there's two kinds of prayer. There's the prayer when you're speaking and the prayer when you're listening. And they're both important. As much as you say and as much as you need to speak out of your mouth, Jesus said, you know, whoever says to this mountain, all right, those are the things that are going to move, but at the same time, we need to listen as well. Be still and know that He is God. Amen. And so there are times when I've spent in prayer in that time and God has just almost like a movie theater, you know, like a, just a, reflects my life back and shows me things that I have done. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes we don't realize what we do. I, I read a little story about this, uh, this witch doctor, woman. All right. And this, this man was out in the sticks, you know, a missionary ministering to all of them and stuff. And she goes past a mirror. And it freaks her out. And so she barters with him to buy the mirror off of him. And he's like, I needed to shave, lady. <laughs> and she goes, no, I have to have it. Okay. And so after vigorous negotiations, she gets it. You know what she does with it? Throws it on the ground and jumps on it and stamps on it. And says, that's it. Finally, that thing won't make ugly faces at me. <laughs> you know, James talks about a mirror. And sometimes we don't, see, we don't like what we see in the mirror. We want to stamp it out. We want to destroy the mirror but we need to go back to what's causing all of it. We'll talk about that as we go. All right. <clears throat> I pray you learn something. And this is one of the, I think this is one of the greatest problems in the body. We get mad at so many things. I'm talking about preachers getting mad at other preachers, churches getting mad at churches, you know, people at government, whatever it is, there's anger all over the place. As much as there's fear, there's anger. Do you understand? And we really need to be careful who are we getting mad with. You know, if you're angry at something, pray over it. Hand it to God. 
cast the care over to him. Amen? Don't be carrying it around mad at things. And, you know, that's one of the things that God has spoken to me when I'm angry about something. And, he, you know, and, and don't, I don't get angry that much anymore, okay? Because I'm usually just talking to him. But, you know, in those moments when I do, he says, what's the problem? And so I explained it to him in detail like he needed the details. Hello, okay, you know that's for us, you know that, okay, it's not for him. <laughs> and, and so he says, so are you going to cast that care on me or are you going to hang on to it? How, how, how many times have we just hung on to cares? And God's right there. The solution is there. But bless God, we want to have our little fleshy moment right now. Can we just be honest? <laughs> you know? And we enjoy a little fleshy moment. And we just kind of let it just do its thing. And then we'll repent. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, this is my job. Told the mirror. Whatever you see. Amen. <clears throat> Let God talk to you. Right, where was I? All right. <clears throat> So let, let me reread some of this. The wise person, again, James reminds us, will therefore learn to control the emotion of anger and so eliminate one of the most common sources of hasty and unwise speech. Psychologists will sometimes claim that emotions, since they are nat a natural product of the personality, cannot truly be controlled. Listen carefully. Only suppressed or ignored. But James' exhortation to all men, or literally to all people, Presume differently. Emotions are the product of the entire person. And by God's grace and the work of the Spirit, the person can be transformed so as to bring emotions in line with God's word and will. Do you understand what I just said? So it's not, it's try, it's not that it's trying to suppress your anger and hold it down and everything else. It's about you being free. Hallelujah. And there's the peace of God that passes all understanding that settles in your heart. And so because there's the peace there, there is no anger. There's no suppression. There's none of that. Are you all here? See, really what I really want you to do from all of this is get a hold of what I'm saying. You know, I could just condense all this into one sentence. Well, James did. Two verses and we're done, <laughs> okay? But do you get it? Do you understand all the stuff that's involved in it? That's the reason why I just dig around and dig around so that you guys can begin to understand and see what is actually going on so that you can identify where this is coming from so that you can change what needs to be changed and you can ask God for the help that you need and understand that we can't do this in ourselves. We need to be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. And that comes by surrendering to Him and allowing Him to be Lord. Do you understand? We have to allow Him to be Lord. We confess Him as Lord, but do we allow Him? We want to escape hell. But what about the rest? We can still live like hell on earth. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. And not only does the Bible encourage this, but it highly regards those who choose to develop this transformation, okay, in their lives. With Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 32 saying, now I'm doing this from the NASB. That's for Brad. 
That's the New American Standard Bible. It says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. This is really interesting. He, because, do you know why it says this? Because we in our minds associate the mighty with people who are just mad and angry and just get things done. Hello. But he's saying, no, no, no. In God's kingdom, it's something else. He's, watch again. He says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he says, and he who rules his spirit, then he, again, it, it, you know, it's, it's better, okay? And he who rules his spirit is better than he who captures a city. The New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. As proud as you might be to say, I conquered that city, it's saying you should be prouder to say, I've got self-control. <laughs> okay? You know, we really need to change the way we look at things. Especially, okay, men. I'm talking to men now for a minute. You know, men sort of have a conquering mentality. They have to conquer something. You know, if they're not conquering something, they're just upset. Can I, can I get an amen on that? Yeah, it's just a thing, all right? I'm just telling you. I'm not saying that women don't want to do that, but they'll do it quietly, and before you know, you're conquered, but you know. <laughs> all you married people, you know that. Anyways, <laughs> you know, they're like an assassin. You don't even know until you're dead. But, <laughs> you know, but you know, I don't know, something about men, you can't shut up. Everything has to be loud and boisterous, and you know, everything has to be big, and if we're not conquering something, I, I hate to break up men and women this way, but I'm just, I just need to say this. Just be careful. And, you know, for those women that have a lot of men testosterone thingies going on in them, please listen to me as well. Okay? <laughs> I'm not excluding anybody from this. I'm just saying from just a very general, general point. We need to be careful that we don't put things up there that God, God isn't happy with. You know, and this is, uh, all right, you know what? Let me bring it down to a church, shall I? So the person that gets up and says, I have a church of 6,000 people. They have conquered the city. And yet you look at their life and it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess. And the devil will find somebody in the media to, you know, hello. And he's saying, listen, the self-control it's more important than all the conquering you're doing. Do you understand? Do you hear me? And you know, one of the things that, you know, I want to do, we want to do, and as, especially as we move forward, these are the things that are important. These are the things that we need to, we need to model this for other Christians. They need to see us and they need to learn by what, you know, kids and people in general learn by what they see you doing, not by what you say. You know, that's something that I learned as a parent, that my kids pick up on everything I do. What I say in one ear, out the other. But what I do, I see them doing. Now, I'm talking to you, and I'm praying to God in getting all of this. But James is going to talk about this as well. We may not get to those verses. It's the verses following this, really. 
where he says, you know, you look at something, you hear the word, and by the time you're at the car park, you forgot half of it. By the time Monday comes around, you forgot 90% of it. Tuesday, forget about it. Wednesday, somebody says, what did you learn at church? Uh, I think we were in James somewhere. Hello. Well, can you tell me what you learned? Well, there's something about not getting angry, I think. And about words and listening. <laughs> Ooh, listening. Okay, I didn't listen. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. You know, the way this works is when you take it in, when you swallow it, when you say, God, show me how to work this in my life. Don't let it be just a word I hear. Let it be a word that I do. Do you know that's something about anything that you're learning? I have learned this, okay? That if you're learning something, do something. Don't just sit there and read instructions. Do the instructions. No, seriously. Because there's only so much your brain can manage. But you know, your body will learn stuff. You will learn by doing. And then you can ask questions because as you're doing something, you go, oh, wait a second. You know, what about this and what about that? And suddenly the questions start coming. Whereas before you kind of go in a, you know, a daze and you kind of go, yeah, yeah, I got it all. But have you? Until we face life and we're having to make decisions, that's when we begin to realize what we've taken in and what has become a part of us and what we just say, yeah, I've heard that before. And we never do any of it. Peter H. David says that the truly wise and godly person in, in Scripture is not the one who always has something to say, but the person who listens to others, prayerfully considers, and only then speaks in measured tones. I'm going to repeat that. The truly wise and godly person the truly wise and godly person in Scripture, okay, is not the one who always has something to say. You know, that used to be a thing with me. I used to always feel like I needed to say something. I need to always, you know, I came from a place where I once bought a card that had this little picture on it, and it had a person with a bag over their head. And it said, I'm the remember me, I'm the one that made no impression on you. And that was my life. I would be places and people would swear I wasn't there. Hello. Have you ever gone to a party and they said, oh, why didn't you come? I was there. No, you weren't. No, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, just, that's how I was. I just was invisible. And so I, you know, I got to a stage, you know, got to university and stuff, and, you know, things started happening. And so I got, got with certain people that were very, very visible, okay, and, you know, and I started learning from them how to be visible and, you know, just kind of be the life of the party. And I would always, always feel obligated to say something, to have a joke, to be at the center of everything. You know, the, the pendulum swung the whole the other way. <laughs> you know? and, and, so, and that wasn't good either. I mean, I was, I, I, people knew I was there. 
You know, <laughs> never going to send that card to myself again. But at the same time, it was, you know, some, as they said, you know, the more you talk, the less you learn. Hello? I wasn't listening to anybody. I kept them entertained. And then I had to swing back and I thought, hang on, hang on a minute. Is this all about me? I learned one of the greatest lessons. And that was, if you want to be something in the sight of God, then love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to them. And so instead of my conversations just being, you know, funny and pithy and all of that sort of stuff, I started to listen to people. And I began to hear their hurts and I began to hear their joys and I began to hear the things that they needed help with. And suddenly my conversations became, were on another level. They were deeper. And I would talk to people and I would say, do you need help with this? Or, and sometimes people would go, wow, you're the only person that has ever heard me. What were the two things that Jesus said? The law can be summed up in two things. Love God, love people. That covers the, all the Ten Commandments. If you love God, that covers the first four. If you love people, that covers the last six. It just, you won't do any, you won't murder, adultery, you know, lying, covetousness, all that stuff. None of that stuff will ever happen if you love them as you love yourself. You won't steal from yourself. You won't lie to it. Well, some people lie to themselves, but you know, generally speaking, okay, you know, that's going to damage you. Are you all here? <clears throat> and so I just, I, I learned to listen and I learned not to get mad at things. And I learned that this isn't about me. You know, when you get to heaven, God isn't going to say, oh, wow, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You found a church that would just cater to every need of yours, that you didn't have to lift a finger. They just did everything for you. Well done. And well done for finding a life that required nothing of you, that you had all... <laughs> you know, um, I just want to say something here. Often the things that we don't want to do are the things that make God the happiest. But you need to stay in your calling. Don't go be doing things that somebody else is called to do because you'll burn out. Do you know how I serve you? By studying and praying and 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 studying and praying. And on my break, I study and pray. <laughs> but that's, that's the way I can do this. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, if I felt bad and I thought, I need to be out there door knocking and evangelizing all, all that stuff, you, you, don't, you won't get this. This is me giving my life to God and to you. This is what my calling is. But some of you, and we're going to be looking at what your callings are as we move forward, because some of you want to get involved. You want to just say, all right, pastor, spend the whole week, study something, and give it to me so I can take it in. I don't have to spend the whole week getting it. I can spend a day absorbing it and then sharing it with, the rest, you know, with all the people I know the rest of the week. That's what we're meant to do.
prepare you for the work of the ministry. And then you need to do something, because I know a lot of you are going, I want to do something. It's coming. Your houses, your homes, everything will use everything that you're willing to give. And not the whole time. Okay, just, you know, once a week or something. Okay, you can manage that. And it will open the door for people to be ministered to. You don't realize how much you know. You have no idea. The reason is because you're not ministering it out as much. As soon as you start talking to people, you begin to realize what you know. As soon as they start saying things and you go, that's not right. Because you've learned. All right. I, I, oh, yeah, I wanted to get so much further than this. I pray that this is ministering to you. <laughs> I have to stop. Okay. Uh, continue on to verse 20 so I can just read it. Okay. <laughs> and we'll come back to it. Dear Lord. All right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> James now explains why Christians Christian should be slow to become angry. Because he says, in verse 20, we will come back to this. He says, for the wrath of man, the wrath of woman, same thing, okay? The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Literally, man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. I really like that. It doesn't bring, anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. God desires for you to live a righteous life. That doesn't mean that you're not deeply passionate about things. It just means that you're not flying off the handle over the little things. And even the big things. Amen? We need to live serene lives, meditative lives, lives that are constantly in touch with God, that is hearing God, not what's happening out here. Because all of this is just noise. What you need to hear is what's behind the noise. What is behind the person that's mad at you? What's going on there? What is the per what's behind the person that might be sitting down quietly, you know, shedding a tear? What what's going on there? What's behind the person that's always really, really happy? Until they're not. What's going on there? <laughs> Hear the voice of God, and you'll be more in tune and in the flow with what's really going on and not just being mesmerized and blinded to what the enemy is doing. Amen? We've been given weapons. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We have a renewed new spirit on the inside of us. We are creatures that never existed before. Hallelujah. There's something enormously special about you. God himself lives in you. Where there is to go to a temple to worship, the Apostle Paul says, now you are the temple. You're it. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. God dwells in you. Amen. And God wants to work through you. You are the blessing that this world needs. We always say God loves you. How is he going to love them if not through you? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word.
And we thank you, Father, that as we learn, as we grow, that we just learn to deal with these things and become the people that you need us to be. So that we can be lights in this earth. And I just thank you, Father, for each and every individual here. I thank you, Lord, that these are decisions that we need to make. And thank you, Father, that we need, we need to decide to go your way, to think your thoughts. Hallelujah. And to change through the blood of Christ, through the cross of Christ, who we are. So that we become the best versions of ourselves. Hallelujah. And not only be a blessing to ourselves, but to everyone around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>